0: Come sing, pray, write new music, share testimonies and resources, and grow together with like-minded worship leaders from across the world. Go to LLIW.net to register.
1: Today we're talking about grace for your soul, and I find no better example of this than through American Negro Spirituals. The American Negro Spiritual is one of the most amazing genres of music ever created by humankind. This tremendous body of music, which can arguably be called America's first classical and folk music, comprises songs written and composed by men and women who were enslaved at the time. Many of these songs are familiar to you already, like Swing Low Sweet Chariot, Were You There When They Crucified My Lord, Joshua Fit the Battle of Jericho, Every Time I Feel the Spirit and There Is a Bomb in Gilead just to name a few, because there are literally hundreds more. I never cease to be amazed that God chose to expose to the world these beautiful songs through people who were not formally educated in the knowledge of the day, or even religious knowledge at the time. But as you focus on the lyrics of these songs, you will see that they cover a wide range of the human condition, such as joyfulness, joyfulness, sorrow, peace, forgiveness, heaven, and eternity, just to name a few. I was first exposed to these songs as a little boy growing up in the beautiful state of North Carolina. I remember my grandmother, who herself was the granddaughter of slaves and who we fondly called Big Mama. I can remember her singing and humming these songs as she worked around the house or garden, or sometimes... I would hear these songs sung at church. Later, I gained a greater appreciation for these songs through my high school and college years when I would sing them myself. It was during this time that I realized the tremendous power of these songs to bring healing and restoration to the human soul. After I graduated from college, I had the privilege of sharing these songs around the world with a group called the Harlem Spiritual Ensemble. We were a group of six classically trained singers who performed exclusively American Negro spirituals in concert halls throughout the United States, Europe, the Orient, and Africa. When I saw the sole impact of these spirituals on people in these various nations, I knew that God had ordained these songs to be a healing balm for any person in need of spiritual and soul restoration, no matter their cultural or ethnic background. Honestly speaking, these songs are more greatly appreciated in many of the nations around the world than they are right here in America, the land of their origin. There's an experience I had that I should never forget. We had just completed a concert of these songs in a concert hall in Tokyo. Afterwards, a beautiful Japanese woman walked up to me. Now, she spoke absolutely no English, and I spoke even less Japanese. But she was determined to express to me how her soul had been moved by the power of these songs. So without saying a word, she took my hand in hers, and she placed it over her heart as she began to weep. So without saying a word, she spoke very loudly to me that she had experienced grace and healing for her soul through the power of these American Negro spirituals. Today, my friends, our nation and our world are filled with moral decay, crime, political unrest, war, hatred, bigotry, and spiritual malaise. I submit to you that maybe, just maybe, the American Negro spiritual is the antidote that's needed to provide grace for our souls and restore wholeness to our world, our nation, our community, our churches, and ourselves. For truly, there is a bomb in Gilead that makes the wounded whole. There is a bomb in Gilead to heal the sin-sick soul.
0: i You
1: I was not there when they crucified my Lord. I was not there when they laid him in the tomb. I was not there when he rose up from the grave. And that's where the song ended. But as the great, great, great grandson of slaves in this country, I decided to take the liberty to add the last verse on there, which says, I plan to be there when they crowned him Lord of lords and kings of kings. How about you? <laughs> Amen. Dear Father, be with us for these next few moments. Amen. On August 16 of 1862, a rooster crowed and broke the morning silence on a country hillside as remnants of the night gave way to the approaching dawn. A small group gathered on the northwest lawn of the Jonesville estate through patches of dense fog that scrolled across the damp ground. Imagine, if you would, the smell of biscuits baking on a wood-burning stove. A horse and plow dredging the fertile soil to prepare the field for new crops a laborer's axe splitting wood for the fireplace, a leather whip whizzing through the air, and kerosene lanterns glowing beneath the gallows of majestic white columns on the veranda. These were the sights and sounds of plantation life across the antebellum south. Amid magnolia trees and honeysuckle was the daily toil of African slaves working from sunup to sundown, day in and day out, to assure that every task was performed to perfection. They were like delightful hummingbirds poisoned by an evil nectar. So how did sun-parched souls with calloused hands, blistered feet, and lacerated backs cope with a life of intense rigor? How did these broken spirits with elusive hopes and fleeting dreams accept the overwhelming reality that the die was cast and a life of servitude and hardship would be their permanent lot? How, you ask? I'm glad you did. Only God, only God can measure the depth of anguish in the human spirit. But one thing we do know they did they sang. They sang. Oh, yes, they sang. In spite of moments of hopelessness and utter despair, they sang. And with the Holy Spirit as their composer, They created the most beautiful songs the world has ever heard. We've come to know these slave songs as American Negro Spirituals. The American Negro Spiritual is a distinct musical art form that is part of an oral tradition created by slaves in the United States. Today, Negro Spirituals are best known in harmonized choral arrangements. This unique and historic collection of spiritual songs is considered as authentically American and is recognized today as a distinct genre of music. The inspiration for the Negro spirituals undoubtedly comes from the Bible. The stories in the Bible of God's people enduring hardships and experiencing periods of exile and enslavement resonated with the plight of the African slaves, and those circumstances influenced the development of the Negro spirituals. Not only was the sound of Negro spirituals pleasant to the ear, but these melodious tunes were also songs with a purpose. While the multiplicity in their meaning communicated the hardships of slavery, They also encouraged and comforted their weary hearts. The Negro spiritual was a healing balm that mended their wounded spirits and lifted the crushing weight of depression that was on them. These songs told of the agony of families being ripped and torn apart, but they also reveled in the hope of being reunited with them again in God's family reunion for the redeemed. They bore witness of the woeful effects of physical and psychological abuse, yet they conveyed the power of steadfast resistance to brokenness. They served as code language to warn of impending conflicts, and they also served as public service announcements to celebrate the marriage of a young couple or to announce the birth and arrival of a new baby. Commenting on the Negro spirituals, musicologist Andrew Grenard says, they came out of the slave experience, songs of perseverance and hope. The music was an outlet for the slaves. The owners didn't pay much attention to what the slaves were singing about, but saw that it helped them work better in the fields. But the words expressed the present feeling of oppression and suffering, but also reassurance, future redemption couched in biblical language. The expression in these songs, from chorus to refrain, are the purest form of adoration and worship. They joined the finite with the divine by God's amazing grace. The Negro spirituals are proof, the Negro spirituals are proof that the African slaves did not abandon their faith in God during the dark days in the land of their captivity. For God was acutely aware of their suffering. His ears were open to their prayers, and the sweet sound of their songs came before his throne as a sweet-smelling savor. And by his grace to all humanity, through the Negro spirituals, God showed to the human race that the soul surrendered to Jesus Christ cannot be bound, no matter how or what the physical circumstances may be. The spiritual significance of the Negro spirituals was far, far reaching beyond the plantation. Little to be African slaves of the Antebellum South know that the soothing words of their spiritual songs would make it from the cotton and tobacco fields of Alabama, Mississippi, and Tennessee to the London Symphony Orchestra, the Berlin Philharmonic, and the Loma Linda Wind Ensemble and Symphony today, as well as other great concert halls throughout Europe. They could not have imagined that their slave songs, sung without the aid of musical instruments, would one day be part of the repertoire of great opera houses, accompanied by full-stringed orchestras, and featured in concerts alongside great classical giants like Beethoven, Bach, and Mozart. They did not realize that their praise songs to God would become a national treasure that would be formed into classical arrangements and sung by renowned schools like the Juilliard School of Performing Arts and carried throughout the world by such great choirs as the Fisk Jubilee Singers, the Mormon Tabernacle Choir, and the Aeolians of Oakwood University. They did not foresee that their songs would become legendary and part of the Smithsonian Institute's eclectic holdings and noted as one of the largest and most significant forms of authentic American folklore, according to the United States Library of Congress. They had no knowledge that God would use songs composed by slaves to be the inspiration for the freedom songs during the civil rights movement and the catalyst for social justice in the United States. They did not comprehend that their beloved songs would live long past their deaths, be translated into many foreign languages, and become a universal anthem of hope and liberty for oppressed people around the world. They had no idea, they had no idea that their songs would grace the pages of church hymnals like the ones we have here today, leading millions to surrender to Jesus Christ, and that Negro spirituals would be the first songs that many children would learn, cementing the bond between them and their Creator forever. They were not aware. They weren't aware that the grace of God's love was in the sweet sound of their music, moving with providential determination to capture the world with His love and show His humanity through the power of a song. Author Edith A. Tolbert says, Hymns more genuine than these have never been sung since the psalmists of Israel relieved their burdened hearts and expressed their exaltation. Nor will they die because they spring like bees from hearts on fire with a sense of the reality of spiritual truths. The Negro spirituals, songs born out of the depths of human despair, had their birthplace on slave plantations and in the antebellum south, but the shock waves from this epicenter was felt around the globe and made their way into the hearts and souls of countless who were blessed by the testimony of these songs and who learned to place their trust in God. The amazing impact of Negro spirituals has reached every continent as, and is embraced by every culture around the world from Europe and Africa to Australia and Asia and throughout South America popular Negro spirituals such as let us break bread together go tell it on the mountain didn't my Lord deliver Daniel Joshua fit the battle of Jericho Lord I want to be a Christian in my heart, and literally hundreds more. These songs have been a healing balm for the brokenhearted in every generation. And all of this today, all of this today begs the question, so how did African slaves living under such dire circumstances produce such beautiful music? How could they sing the Lord's song in a strange land? The answer to those questions is found in no other source but the Word of God. These faithful Christians learned to trust God. They proclaimed through their spiritual songs that the Lord was their strength, their song, and their salvation, as our Scripture said this morning, and by so doing, God gave them the promise so eloquently spoken in Isaiah 61, 3, which says, To them that mourn in Zion, I will give you beauty for ashes, the garments of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that you might be called the trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that I might be glorified. Though the Negro spirituals were written centuries ago, God intended that they remain eternally revelant. Today, today, my brothers and sisters, we're witnessing in our nation and in our world the consequences of straying away from God. We see this manifested in a myriad of ways through sickness and disease, gun violence, world hunger, wars and rumors of wars, child and elder abuse, substance abuse, racial tensions, international terrorism, depression and suicide, moral decay, and corruption of every kind. But I believe, I believe in my heart, the Negro spirituals are more relevant today than when they were first created. And I submit to you today that maybe, just maybe, American Negro spirituals is the antidote that's needed to provide grace for our souls and restore wholeness to our world, our nation, our communities, our churches and ourselves. For truly, there is still found in them a healing bomb that makes the wounded whole and heals the sin-sick souls. Someone say, amen. "Amen." So no matter today, no matter today what your position may be in life. Today, we are all, every one of us, dealing with something where we stand in need of God's grace for our souls. Someone here today has been given a diagnosis concerning their health, and the prognosis is not good. I know this is true because about six months ago, my younger sister was diagnosed with a second round of cancer, breast cancer. She contracted it 20 years ago. It went into remission for 20 years, but came back with a force at stage four six months ago. And just last week, she had major surgery at the Cancer Center Treatment Centers of Atlanta. And praise God, she's recovering and doing well. And we know that the power of prayer is still working. Someone say amen. Someone here today is grieving the death of a family member. We have a funeral service here tomorrow. We've had some over the past few weeks and months. And just last night, I had the privilege, and I say privilege, it was a privilege, to be at the bedside of one of our members, 92 years old, who took his last breath. But he was ready to meet Jesus. He was ready, he was ready for the next face to see is his Savior with his family right there by his side. So I know there are others of you facing the same thing. Some parent here today is concerned about a child who is going astray. I know my mother, she always has that concern about all of her children. There are four of us, and she tells us the scariest things. She says, I'm praying that God will save your souls no matter what happens to you here on earth. I said, Mama, that didn't sound too good. I said, I'm going to get on track on my own. I'm not going to wait for God to have to do that. But I know there's some parent concerned about their child here today. Someone is facing the difficulty of caring for an aging parent. Someone here today is trying to cope with the devastating effects of divorce. Some college or academy student is struggling with their studies. But all of us here today, all of us here today need God's grace to guide us through these difficult circumstances. Amen? Amen. So over the next few weeks and months, I want to challenge each of you to glean from this body of music a song that speaks to your heart and that will provide grace for your soul. Now, as beautiful as the Negro spirituals are, there is one song that God's people have yet to learn, not as pilgrims of sorrow, Not as prisoners on this earth, but as the redeemed recipients of heaven's grace. And that song is going to be called the song of the redeemed. And oh, what a day that will be when all of the redeemed of earth from every generation since time began are gathered on the sea of glass, red and yellow, black and white, for all are precious in his sight. Someone say amen. Amen. John said in Revelation 15, three, and they sing the song of Moses, the servant of God and of the lamb saying, great and marvelous are thy works, Lord God almighty, just and true are thy ways, thou King of saints. Now that's the only, that's the song that only the redeemer of the Lord will be able to sing. Only the redeemed of the Lord will sing that song. Even the angels in heaven will not be able to sing this song. Really? Yes, because they were not redeemed by the blood of Jesus Christ. They never walked this earth along with the rest of mankind, suffering from the effects of sin that has infected all of us. They were never in need of redemption like the rest of us. But brothers and sisters, I want you to know And I want you to plan to be there in heaven with me because throughout the ceaseless ages of eternity, we the redeemed are going to revel in the eternal bliss of God's amazing grace. And oh, and oh, how sweet the sound.